Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We bought and sold and, and sort of crept through uh, the, the property market, picking up different styles of properties that we thought we could um, make money on on the way through. And that led us actually to, to opening our uh, real estate company. It was... This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset and strategy. In this episode, we're joined with Alice and Justin Hagen, co-founders of Calibre Real Estate and take a long experts in property management. The Hagens share how they went from missed opportunities to success in managing others' properties. They also show listeners how opening a business is more often than not worth the risk. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. On a day-to-day basis, the Hagans have their hands tied with their business. The couple are focused with providing the best strategies to ensure maximum returns for their clients and expanding the reach of their company. Well, my name is Justin Hagen, uh, obviously co-founder of Calibre Real Estate uh, with my wife Alice. Uh, on any given day, uh, we manage a team uh, of 30 people. Uh, we look at uh, obviously strategies for our clients as far as you know, how can we maximise their returns on their properties uh, through our property management division and obviously our sales division. The focus is growth. Uh, We've looked at different models to ascertain that growth and we've refined it and our property management division has been changed based on different personalities in in our property management industry. While trying to accommodate for clients' individual needs, the Hagans have been changing their company systems. Whilst they strive to ensure that their clients are comfortable with the way that their property is being managed and that team culture within the company remains strong. Team is number one. Um, the culture of our office is so critical. Uh, but we've just looked at over the last, we've been in business now for just under nine years. And over the past two years, we ran with a, a different model, um, what we call like a pod or a squad based property management team where there was three players of property managers in the one pod and they all worked together on the same um, properties but we just found that some owners and um, some property managers it just wasn't the right model for them so this year we've changed our property management division into catering for our individual needs so we've got uh, we've got a senior property manager that looks after their own portfolio up to around 140 properties and then we have a pod that has 
um, just around the 300 mark and uh, has three people in their team. So just depending on what our clients' needs are and the the individual of our prop, you know the property management um, skill set, we have catered you know to look after everyone. The Hagens are also looking to grow the company by bringing more team members and more management into the business as well. So we've got the facilities currently to manage up to 2,000 in our current location and the way that we've structured our team, we can easily uh, add additional team members to the current structure without changing too much so there will there'll be less change for our clients when, what, once we're growing so we'll still remain that boutique um, you know, high customer service model that we started with. Despite completing a degree in forensic science, Alice's first job was in real estate, inspired by her own grandmother's passion in property. I grew up in Sydney, uh, in Linfield, um, and yeah, went to Clara High School, um, and then met Justin in, after I was just about to finish my forensic science degree and was just looking at my avenue of, uh, you know, which direction I was going to go down. I loved studying uh, the, you know, the criminology side of forensics, but I just didn't see a future uh, in that. So I went to a recruiting agency to get a job in real estate. Uh, cause my grandmother from New Zealand really encouraged me to um, start to get into property when I was quite young. Um, so I... I looked into into that and I actually got recruited. So I actually started my career in uh, recruitment. Like Alice, Justin also switched career paths from working as an aircraft engineer to working in real estate, having discovered an interest in property investment. Uh, I grew up in uh, Brisbane, uh, on the north side of Brisbane in Everton Hills. I uh, went to uh, Hillbrook Anglican School in Inogra. Uh And yeah, I, I uh, left Brisbane in 2000 uh, to move to Sydney. I got an apprenticeship with Qantas as an aircraft engineer and yeah, I, I was down there and, and obviously when I was down there, I met Alice uh, and yeah, from there, obviously as a, you know, I did lots of different things in between but uh, yeah, between aircraft engineering and real estate, obviously it's a, quite, a, quite a big change but um, there was plenty of reasons behind it. Despite their success in the property investment industry, the Hagens claim to have no support from their families, beginning investing together purely due to their combined interest and passion for the field. In spite of their young age, they knew that they were getting into it was long term. My dad is heavily invested in shares. Um, the only property he owns is his own house. Uh, but I've been a very visual person. I need to see what I'm investing and be able to make changes and improvements myself. Um, that's the way I, I like to invest. Um, so yeah, dad was not an influence in getting to the property market. <laughs> um, you know, investing, yes, but yeah, not, not particularly this um, this avenue. Uh, yeah, my, my grandmother was just very passionate about, you know, being, you know, having a portfolio and, you know, just to keep um, accumulating that way. And it's just about long-term it's all about the long-term goals. It's not about overnight. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. And from yourself, Justin? I, I just had a passion for it. My parents had an investment. Have you know Now they have a few investment properties and I think you know when I started, they might have had one. Um, I just had a passion for property 
Um, I don't know really where it came from, but I just thought that it was something you could, you know, add value and, and build wealth. And obviously, you know, reading books and and I'm not a massive reader, but I do have a really big interest in anything um, investment or property related. So, you know, I was always keen to to get involved and and I just felt, felt that it was a good, you know, good opportunity and good vehicle, um, you know, to put some skills, my skill sets to, to work. For Justin, his transition into real estate from engineering was a huge jump, especially with having no prior experience to the property investment field. I was in between uh, engineering and and real estate. There was that was the only that was the transition. But previous to that, obviously, like any young person, you know, lots of lots of different things. So I moved to Sydney when I was eighteen. So um, you know, I I worked from when I was fourteen. I was you know, mowing, mowing people in my street lawn and then, you know, washing dishes at the local cafe, all those sorts of things. But yeah, just nothing really. Despite their ambitions to buy their first property in Sydney, the couple ended up looking to Brisbane to secure an investment. As young property investors, the Hagans were unable to meet the price of housing in Sydney and moved to Brisbane. In 2006, uh, we started to look at buying property in Sydney. Um, we were specifically looking around the eastern suburbs areas and uh, just thought, you know, for what you could get at that time, it just, you know, you know, when you're in your young 20s, you just want to have everything all at once. Um, and just being wanting to be in that location, we weren't going to compromise. So Justin originally being from Brizzy, we saw that there was a lot more opportunity um, to buy closer to the city in Brisbane. So in October 2006, we decided to um, move to Brisbane and we bought our first home as well as an investment property um, within two weeks of each other um, and still under the price tag of the one property that we're looking at in Sydney. So that's how we started our real estate journey together. Luckily enough, the couple were able to get job transfers and since then started buying and selling subdivided properties in Brisbane. We both got job transfers, so we're both with the same companies moving up to Brisbane uh, and yeah, just change of lifestyle, change of scenery and then into the property industry. With the portfolio, we've had uh, a number of properties that we've uh, bought, uh, renovated uh, and on-sold and also bought subdivided, um, built properties on and then um, on-sold as well. Uh, Small small lot subdivisions, things like that were were great, I think, and and achievable uh, back back then when you're first trying to get into it. I think obviously now there it's very in high demand, hard to get your hands on, you know, a good subdivision that that works really well. Um, you have to be really on your game and and have an opportunity and be ready to act straight away. I think when those opportunities come, so I think. Uh, we were lucky in that sense that we got into the market, we we bought and sold and, and sort of crept through uh, the the property market, picking up different styles of property that we thought we could um, make money on on the way through. And that led us actually to, to opening our uh, real estate company. It was purely to sell our own properties and look after our, our portfolio as far as managing it um, as we felt we had you know, more knowledge than a lot of the people in the marketplace. Um, it was a sort of a, a turning point when I had real estate agents ringing me 
uh, when I wasn't a real estate agent, asking me, you know, what I thought a property was worth, um, you know, what 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 could be done with the property, etc. So I, I felt that, you know, there was an opportunity and a and a market for a person with that sort of knowledge to come into the market and and have a boutique agency. Coming up after the break, we'll delve deeper into their journey on how they diverged into creating their own business within the property industry. Yeah, I think it was a fork in the road and I think I'd always wanted to have a business. The biggest lesson learned from missed investment opportunities? I just think it's a, an opportunity missed more than, more than anything, um, which I think will give you know, the listeners a, an opportunity to maybe learn something about that. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. at buying or investing in property? Like what are the property hotspots or how do I start my portfolio? Clever ways to renovate and how to make an extra $50,000? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts at the Property Buy Expo in Brisbane on the 26th to 27th of May. Use the promo code PI for a free 2-day pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit the website at propertybuyexpo.com.au. Now back to the show. During the start of their investment journey, the Hagens invested only around the Brisbane area, both buying and renting out properties to accumulate profit. We've mainly been investing around Brisbane. We do we do have one investment um, on the Sunshine Coast in the hinterlands. Um, that's that we've got opportunity for. It's got development potential uh, for up to seven dwellings on it. Um, which we will look to develop over probably the next five years. Um, it does have an existing house that gets an income now with obviously the big wedding wedding trade in the Sunshine Coast hinterland. So um, it's quite quite good. In starting their own property management business, the couple has foregone private property investment, instead opting to devote their time to clients. So probably in um, 2010-2011, we did sell. Um, we had nine properties, um, but we did start selling them off to invest more into the um, real estate um, agency um, just to keep um, keep the momentum with the agency. And the growth, yeah. Yeah. So we, we've held on to the first house we ever purchased. Um, we bought it right on scene in 2006 because we just liked the location. It had city views uh, and it was really close to schools and shops and this was prior to having children. Um, but we just had a, a goal that we would knock down that house and build our um, family home. And last year we, we did that and we've, we've just moved into it. So, you know, uh, it's like I said, it's all about long-term goals and uh, that was, it's been an 11-year goal for us to do that. So we're all about delayed vacation and, you know, it's really... It's just, it's really been exciting to reach that point. While it is often strange for first-time buyers to purchase an unseen property, the Hagens believed in the property's potential. I think the the thing about the property um, that we purchased, the first property we purchased, yes, I think it was a bit uh, strange to buy, to buy a property site unseen, but again, what we look for is potential. So when Alice rang me and said, Hey, I found this property. We need to go and have a look at it. 
um, and it was tentative at the time. And the agent said, "Look, I've already got offers on it, so you know, if you want to buy it, you know, that's it." So we stood up there on the front lawn, on the footpath of that property, and we both looked out and we could see the city, and we're like, "Well, you know, it's—I don't think you go too far wrong, you know, in an area like this." And we've done a lot of research, obviously, in in the specific areas, was you know, within five k's of the city, um, with a city view. So it's a, it's a big. Uh, you know, it was a big risk to take, but I think, you know, obviously it, it's been a good risk. And I think if you take, you know, a calculated risk based on, you know, the facts and figures and median prices in areas, I think that's, a, you know, the key key to our decision. The first property was definitely worth the risk, now doubling in value. 435000 Well, it's, it's, because it, it's just got a new house. We just built a brand new house on it. So, look, if you, if you, if you were to buy that existing house... The, the same house that we bought, you would probably pay around a million dollars for it. It's obviously hard to, you know, calculate what the growth would have been based on putting a new house on it because you know that's not it's not going to give give a good good idea. But you would you'd be looking around that million dollars for a similar similar property. Yeah. The Hagans currently own a portfolio of almost five million dollars and are expecting it to grow as they look for more properties to purchase. The portfolio is probably. It's probably worth around the four and a half million, I would say, four and a half to five million. It's, it's always hard to. I try not to sit down and calculate, you know, exactly where they are. Because obviously, most of it's a long-term strategy. There's like one um, commercial building in that as well. So, you know, obviously, commercial is affected by yields and and so forth. So, yeah, I think, you know, based on the current situation around that. Around that figure, and what what are you what are your plans for this portfolio? Look, we're we're actually going to get back into the growth stage of our portfolio. Um, I'm looking, you know, we're looking to purchase. I've got a bit of a strategy that we've been having a, having a chat about um, regarding uh, buying properties in specific suburbs um, that have potential uh, to put new dwellings on down the track, and it doesn't necessarily be, need to be a subdivision. Um, but just areas that we see they're going to have good growth, that have got a house that can be rented out in its current condition, and then you know look at um, developing that that property, um, even if it's just a single single house, um, you know, in a five to ten year period. Um, so that's the strategy we're looking at at the moment, and yeah, just in in the stages of planning for that. The couple's property portfolio did not come easy. It's like all property investors, they made mistakes and were forced to pay the price. I just think it's a, an opportunity miss more than, more than anything, um, which I think will give you know, the listeners a, an opportunity to maybe learn something about that. So we had a property um, that we subdivided. Um, it was a great property in the sense that we could subdivide it without having to move uh, the original property. So it was a corner block. Uh, I think off the top of my head, it was about a 920 square metre block. I had a brick and tile house on the corner and then uh, we cut off, a, I think it was a 405 or 402 square metre block off the back, um, which was great. Obviously, subdivision costs, etc., cetera, uh, but no you know, relocation of the house. So we had a, an investment there we could rent out whilst uh, we carried out the subdivision. I think the biggest mistake that we made there and, and probably left money, money on the table was that we actually sold the block of land off um, and, and in hindsight, yes, it was good because obviously you know you could pay back 
um, some of the mortgage and, and obviously collect the rent. But I guess depending on what your strategy is at any given time, you know, I think the best capital result would have been to hold the hold the block of land, sell the sell the existing dwelling, uh, and use the funds there to build a new new property on that block of land. Um, one, obviously, if you're going to hold the property, you're going to have a better rental return um, with a with a new property in that location. You'll get depreciation uh, and and obviously a better asset to sell. Um, the house that we ended up keeping was in not in great condition. And we didn't really see the need to, you know, spend the money on on doing a renovation there because someone would probably demolish it down the track anyway. So I think that was, if I can learn anything, I think it's it's the main thing is to actually, what is the best long term result? And I think sometimes short term you think, oh well, I want to get that money out and and you know minimise my risk, which is great. But you know, obviously there's there's opportunity there if you're in a position to hold that. Yeah, hold better property. The couple wanted the quick money and kept the old house rather than its opposing vacant land. Looking back, they believed it would have been benefit them in the long term. Yeah, we sold off the vacant land, yeah. So we retained the existing house, yeah. In hindsight, I would have sold the house, the, the existing house, and built a brand new house. Yeah, I would, I, would, I, would have, I would have sold, just sold the existing house on the smaller block and built a brand new house on the, on the other block. Yeah, just on the other block. So then you had a you know a brand new property that would you know get a better rental return, better re better you know saleable value because it's you know a nice contemporary property in that location, and obviously receive depreciation whilst you you know good depreciation whilst you hold that property. Unfortunately, during that time, the Hagens could not have held both assets. At that point in time, no, it wasn't wasn't a possibility, um, and I think that we just took the easy road to sell the block, um, which is fine. But it's just, yeah, when you look back, you think, you know, by selling that house, we could have, you know, used those funds to easily build build the property. They were introduced to this strategy via their office building neighbours who are still closely working together with. I think when we first started getting into subdivision, we've done a few and just going, right. And then especially if they're, for one of them that we did, there was, a house on it and I said to Justin that it was too good just to be demolished. So we we went searching for a suitable block that was wide enough to have, you know, just a, a small section of land that was um, suitable to have the house removed to. So we found one in the neighbouring suburb and were able to have then two vacant blocks of land on the subdivision and then purchase another block to um, move the house to. So I thought that was the yeah, you know, a good, a good moment that we decided, and then that's when we did that second subdivision that Justin was just talking about. Oh wow! Okay, how did you get into subdivisions initially? Because it's you know it's a it's a, a strategy within itself. Yes. Uh, so when we were setting up the foundations of our real estate agency, um, we were we found office space. Yeah, and the and the the people who were here that we were sharing that they were going to share the office space was with a subdivision company. So we actually we got talking with them, and and then we actually became one of their first clients um, back back then. So yeah, we've had a good, we've actually really still got a really good relationship now. I do yeah, I do a lot of feasibility studies for their you know for subdivisions for him because um, he does them personally, and and yeah, we we always talking. 
you know, at least on a weekly basis about, you know, what's around and what the opportunities are. In 2010, the Hagens were surprised with an opportunity to start their own company after being approached by both professionals and family members. It's just a throw in a different direction. We were honestly trying to keep up our development. The next development that we were going to do in 2010 was to do uh, looking at doing townhouses, a small townhouse development. Uh, but then we had friends and family approach us and wanting us to manage or sell their properties. So our time um, was shifted towards you know, looking after our own developments um, to now having our client properties to manage or sell. So yeah, we had a change in direction. Yeah, I think it was a fork in the road. And I think I'd always wanted to have a business, you know, that I was passionate about. So I think that, you know, if you can use your skill sets and the knowledge that you have to help other clients and obviously be paid for that work, you know, that that's great. I think yeah, development's great and I think it's, you know, and, and investing in property is a great, great vehicle, but you still have to have uh, something behind you to be able to keep continuing purchasing property. So I thought that if we built this business up, we'd get to a point, which is probably the point in time we are now, that we can go back into that invest investment cycle and actually grow to a much bigger portfolio than we could have if we just stuck with, you know, trying to leverage off each investment. As the Hagens give their undivided attention to their clients and their business, they have become less active in property investment. I think it's tricky to, to juggle and I think when once you've got clients that rely on you to be providing professional opinions about different things, selling their properties, managing their properties, I think people like to see that you're focused on on, on them and on the core business that they're paying you to, to do. So I think there has to be a balance and, and I think definitely when you're early on in a business, your business takes up 100% of your time and you really need to focus on it to make it succeed and then once your business is running well, um, you have the right systems and, 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 the team. and the team in place, then then you've got an opportunity to again look at that investment strategy. Of course, you could definitely, I think, keep investing into in a smaller level if, you, if we didn't have the business but I think that, you know, you probably would get sidetracked and, and you know, look for something else uh, anyway, so, yeah. and also we've had three children in that time frame too, so that's occupied a little bit of our time. Yeah. Thank you to Alice and Justin Hagen, our guests on this episode of Property Investory. For the next appearance, they'll teach listeners about their risk-taking mindset heading into the industry. Everyone's got a different risk profile, but I think you've got an opportunity to, you know, to to make informed decisions and take you know educated risks how the independent research brought them profitable returns in the field. We did a lot of research ourselves and I think, you know, the main thing is just getting familiar with the, the current town plan, council's regulations, how long things are going to take to get approved, you know, what issues are you going to come up against and just all the extra costs involved. How they overcame their youthful yin experience. We thought we, all, we were young, we could bounce back, we could, you know, just, just we were high risk and high growth at that stage. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. 
Simply visit propertyinveststory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening.